He was like, you guys should do sexual health. I was like, well, I guess we could. I mean, it's a good topic. It's important to talk about. I'm not an expert, but. I am not an expert either. Just ask my (laughs) wife. Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray. And I am Erin Green. How are you Good doing? morning. Good morning to both of us. God. Yeah. Well, but... it's earlier for me than it is for you. I'm just going to say that. Well, it's always earlier for you than it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> we are both drinking coffee during the podcast today, which yes. is not a we... usual occurrence. I think it was the last episode or two episodes ago we talked about how Aaron has to say good afternoon to me because it's afternoon but I have to say good morning to Aaron because it's morning That's for right. her but here we are doing this in the morning for both of us mm-hmm. on a Friday morning a beautiful Friday morning for me is it is it beautiful there I was just there? gonna say it's beautiful here too we have blue sky nice. which is for those of you who live in the west you will know how precious a blue sky is this time of year because we have had a ton of smoky days um, in our summer. So it's very nice out. Very nice. We had a little cold front come in. Well, okay. Uh A cool Cool front front. Sure. for Houston. So like the highs are like 81 and the lows are like 65, 66. It's real nice. It's real nice. I bet that's a nice relief. Oh my gosh. It's so nice. Like going out like I think it was yesterday morning or two mornings ago. Uh, I we was taking Lally to school and walked. It was like seventy-two, and we walked out and like, oh, it's kind of chilly. <laughs> yeah, seventy-two is kind of chilly when it's been ninety-five. You know, like I've uh, been running into that too. Low. Yep, we went for a mountain bike ride Tuesday night, and we didn't start until six after I was done with work. And I'm, I mean, it's like eighty degrees out, so I'm used to just wearing like you know a tank top and shorts and go for a mm-hmm. ride and don't bring anything. And by the time we got home, which was right around dark, it was getting mighty chilly, <laughs> especially in the shaded. I mean, we have a lot of trees and so you're riding through mm-hmm. the trees and, you know, these, these neighborhoods with like the grass and the greenery, they just cool off faster mm-hmm. than anything else. So you're riding through and you're like, Whoa, it's brisk now. <laughs> like I need to yeah. start bringing a jacket with me. That's the thing about up there. That's different than here. Like up there, like when the sun sets, like that temperature yeah. can just plummet real fast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that so much here. I mean, it'll cool off, you know, for sure. But it's like there, it can be like an hour and you're like, has it dropped 10 degrees? <laughs> like it is so much cooler now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But it's nice. I mean, this time of year is, um, it is kind of nice to have like a, a, a hoodie or a light jacket or something to wear around and kind of get mm-hmm. that brisk, fresh air feeling in the yeah. morning and evening. Yeah. 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 The last two nights I've been taking my dog for a walk, like after everybody's in bed, like 10 o'clock or something, just around mm-hmm. the neighborhood. And the last two nights I was like, I kind of need a sweatshirt. It's a little chilly. Yeah. Cause it's like 66 here. You know, you said dog singular. Does one dog have to stay at home when you're walking the other dog? Uh, have we not talked about this? Uh-oh, oh, did this you is a whole, a doggo? this is a whole Aww. traumatic story probably for another time. Yeah. Oh, sorry we had i didn't know we had to give one up because they were just apparently 
getting brothers is a really bad idea because they just fight and fight and fight. And they had some really awful fights. So we had to give one up and we gave it to someone in our neighborhood, which was great because it was Lila's dog and she was devastated. And they were like, you can come see it anytime. And then it wound up like three weeks later dying. (gasps) Yeah. From what? Whole story. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And there were some things that seem kind of fishy and it's just this whole ugly thing that has been, so it's like Lila's like first real dog and it's been nothing but trauma for her. And what a traumatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we only have the one dog. We only have Scooter. I'm Um, sorry. I didn't know that. I thought we talked about that. That's a sad story. We probably did. Yeah. It's, and we can talk about it more another time, but it's, yeah, there's a lot of things you're like, things don't add up here. I don't know what happened, but it doesn't seem good man yeah yeah <sighs> okay deep so, breaths from that one the one dog the one dog scooter mm-hmm. bless scooter's heart but the beautiful thing is that so scooter was like their brothers cooper was absolutely alpha right like he would i mean he would kind of beat up scooter take his food wow. you know and so when we got rid of cooper scooter kind of came to life And Mm -hmm. he is like the sweetest, most loving, affectionate dog just wants to like be in your lap. He's like 60 pounds, but wants to be in your lap and, you know, just wants to be around you and just be loved. Like he's, he's so easy. He's a year and a half old. We can leave him inside for four or five hours without us here. He doesn't destroy anything. He's a wonderful dog. And we didn't get to really see that come to life until Cooper left. And just, I think last week, Lila and I were talking about how great a dog scooter has become. And yeah. how him becoming that has really helped her process and move through her grief of losing Cooper. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's been a real neat thing to, to see that. Yeah. It's good. Cause to she's see really latched onto him. Yeah. How the little, the, you know, your pet's personalities kind of come out if they're mm-hmm. um, sort of in a different environment or they don't have yeah. that animal, yeah. you know, kind of interaction going on. I know rally has, um, behave differently since we moved here and he's not interacting with other cats. He seems much calmer, much more snuggly, mm, um, yeah. except at two or 3 AM when he gets the yowls, which happens yowls. on occasion. I we're, got the yowls. Yeah. We're actually leash training him harness and leash training him, which is comical, but it's working. I mean, he's, he does okay. Like he'll just kind of walk around and investigate things. Sometimes he just sits there. He just finds a sunny spot and he just sits there and swings his tail around and just watches and listens and smells. And I just have to laugh because I'm standing here out in front of our house with a cat on a leash and he's just sitting there. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm on my phone or I'm just standing there staring at him. And I'm like, what do my new neighbors think of me? The crazy cat lady that's out there walking her cat. I have to say, I've seen a cat on a leash a few times and every time I thought, (laughs) That looks ridiculous. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I have people walk by with their dogs and they kind of look and they wave at me and then they do a double take and they go, that's a cat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so surprised. But our friends, friends of the podcast, Dusty and Karen walk their cat on a harness and he does so great. And he explores his environment very safely and he's still really happy doing that. And so I am holding on to hope that I can train Rally to be a happy, content kitty on a leash. I believe in you. 
I believe Thank in you. you 100%. Thank you. If anybody you. can do it, it's you. Yes. Go get them, Tiger. I am a winner. There's your, there's your morning okay. motivation. <laughs> Michael's oh, morning right. motivation. Your triple M. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, let's so today's show. topic. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about. That's I mean, why we're here. I hope you, I hope you all enjoy Michael and I catching up with you listening in on our catching up. They do. I don't know. I'm sure. I think, yeah. yeah. You want to yeah, know what's sure going do. on in our lives too, right? Yeah, so absolutely. You get to know us a little bit and yeah, you can always sure. fast forward through this. Cause it's usually like, you know, five to 10 minutes of just chit chat. So or 20, you know, whatever. <sighs> yeah. Depending, depending. <laughs> so I wanted to do this topic because, well, number one, I think that any of our topics where we focus on a specific nutrition related, um, focus or, you know, a common question that people have and, and just kind of delve into a topic. We've done veggies, we've done meal planning, we've done all these different topics that have gotten a lot of really great feedback. And this is one that I hear a lot of people ask about, which is the ins and outs of whole grains. Why are they good for us? Why do I keep hearing we should eat more of them? What counts as a whole grain? How do I read a label and know what, what I'm getting? Um, what health benefits are there? Why are they the scourge of the nutrition industry and the devil? Right. Well, now you're getting kind of, I mean, broadly carbohydrates are the scourge (laughs) currently. Oh, I read some stuff this morning all about whole grains and how they were just evil and awful. How bad they are. are Crazy. Yeah. 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 Everybody's got an agenda. Boy, do they. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about whole grains and, um, I mean, yeah, like Aaron said, just like, what, what are the benefits? Why do we believe and why you should too, uh, that they're an important part of a healthy diet and, um, why there's some nonsense out there that doesn't really make sense. And, and then just some ideas on, you know, things we like to eat and and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I always like to start with the anatomy of a whole grain to explain what a whole grain really means. And I, I've used the analogy of a peanut M&M, which I think is kind of a fun, everybody knows what a peanut M&M looks like, right? Especially if you were to cut it in half and you see the chocolate candy shell, that's a good analogy, Yeah. the chocolate inside, and then the peanut inside. Yeah. That's good. Egg egg is another one, right? It has the shell, it has the Mm -hmm. white and it has the yolk. So I'm going to use Cat, the peanut M&M. Cadbury egg. We could do a Cadbury uh, egg. It kind of oozes shell. out. Yeah, not really. Doesn't it have a white and then yellow cream part? Yeah, but it just kind of oozes into one. It's not like distinct. I'm being biased because I don't why, like Cadbury eggs. We can't talk about them. my examples work, but yours work, Aaron? I well, feel like Cadbury this is a little bit biased. Are, yeah, well, Cadbury eggs are <laughs> just not, they're not part of my vocabulary. They're eggs. If you, if you explain whole grains to somebody, you can use a Cadbury egg. You crack your Cadbury egg on toast. Sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? So, um, yeah. Okay. So the anatomy of a whole grain, let's take the peanut M&M analogy. So if you were to cut that peanut M&M in half, you would have those three layers. Okay. You'd have the candy shell, you'd have the chocolate inside, and then you'd have the peanut. So 
when we look at a whole grain, it's no different. You have the outside layer or the shell, which is called the bran layer. This is where primarily where the fiber is. Um, it provides bulk to whole grains. It also provides a little bit of a flavor um, differential with a whole grain versus a refined grain. Okay, so that's the outer shell is the bran layer. Then the white piece is called the endosperm. And the endosperm is like the energy powerhouse of the, the whole grain or the seed, if you will. So it's full of carbohydrates because of the starchy carbohydrate um, profile endosperm. It's very sweet flavored. So if you think of like white flour or white rice or, you know, any kind of refined grain, it's primarily the endosperm. So you've taken off the bran layer and then this other little piece. Okay. So the peanut of the peanut M&M or the, the peanut of the whole grain is the germ. And the germ is like the little, um, really nutrient dense, um, little piece of the grain, I guess. So it has vitamins and minerals. It has B vitamins. It has iron, um, it also has some fats in it. And so that's where you might get, you know, whole grains don't keep as long as refined grains. So whole wheat flour will, will go rancid or spoil quicker than a refined flour. That's because you have a little bit of those fats in there that just don't have the shelf life that you would normally get with like a, a refined grain. So those are the three parts of the grain. And as I said, a refined or a white grain will have the germ. So that little like super powerhouse, you know, vitamin mixture and fat mixture, it'll have the germ taken off and it'll have the bran layer. So all of that fiber taken off. So all you're left with is the endosperm, the very rich carbohydrate starchy part right. or right. the chocolate, if you will, of the peanut. The chocolate. Yeah. yeah. So you just have the, the peanut and the chocolate. Yeah. No coating, I guess. No, no right. outer shell. You don't have yeah. the peanut either. Cause the peanut is the germ. Oh, right. Part. Right. You just have the, yeah. you just have chocolate. So, just chocolate. Yeah. so do you like Which chocolate? Is okay. Yeah. yeah then eat white if flour. You, if you like, thing. yeah, just basic bitch. I don't want anything else mixed in with my, <laughs> I just want, you were not expecting me to say that. No, but I really like that. <laughs> That's a little MFMG speak like, coming in. I'm so basic. I only eat white flour. <laughs> Y'all, my, my filter is pretty much non-existent at this point in the week. So just bear with me. Yes. All right. So this is going to be extra good today. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Um, okay. So let's, you want to talk through some examples of like uh, whole grains? Yeah. And I think this is a good yeah. place to talk about labeling and how yes. do people know what a whole grain product is? Because, because I, it can I be real confusing. Totally. I mean, it yeah. still is confusing even for dietitians, health experts to, you know, sometimes sift yeah. through all of the different labeling. Um, I do think that a lot of people can identify a whole grain, you know, like looking at farro or oats, you know, seal cut oats or brown rice or quinoa or these, like you see the grain and the little, you know, mm -hmm. kernels and you see all the parts and you're like, okay, yeah, that's a whole grain. What about products, breads, mm -hmm. cereals, pastas, tortillas? I mean, baked goods, 
How do you know? Because there's, I mean, there's things like there's hundred percent whole grain, there's whole wheat there. I mean, there's all these labels that can be really confusing. And I think probably intentionally kind of confusing because, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like seeing it. I remember seeing like, a, this is several years ago, like noticing when, when gluten free was really kind of at its mm. peak, seeing like a jar of salsa, I said that like, gluten free. And it's like, well, all salsa is gluten free, but they still if there's, do it. I know. Yeah. And if there's this thing on there, it seems like, Ooh, it's gluten free. This must be a healthier thing. So when you see cereals that are like made with whole grain, but you know, like, okay, what about the marshmallows and the sugar coating? You know, like if they can say some of this stuff in a way that alludes to it being healthier than another choice that may be similar, well, that's a good thing for marketing. And and I think there is a lot of that. And there's, Mm -hmm. it's very specific what can be labeled certain ways and, um, and it can be really confusing. So I, I think it would be good to try to clear that up because like Aaron said, it's still confusing. Yeah. Even when you know it and you're at the store and you're like, I, I don't know what these labels mean. I need like a cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be good to talk through those. So I will say that probably the first, the, the simplest piece of advice I give people when they're looking for a product, like a baked product or a, a grain product, and they're really trying to make a whole grain, you know, an effort to put whole grains into their diet is to look at the ingredients list. Don't pay attention to the front of the package, labeling the whole grain stamp, the, this many servings of whole grains, grams of whole grains. Don't pay attention to that stuff go to the ingredients list and look for the first ingredient to have the word whole in it, whole grain flour, whole wheat flour, whole oats, any of that stuff. Um, because to list it on the ingredients as a whole, using that word whole, there is some very specific, um, requirements as to what is in that product. And so it has to have that word whole. Now, if you flip it over and the first ingredient says enriched wheat flour, and then the second ingredient is whole wheat flour, Mm. you know, that by weight, you have less than 50% of that product being whole wheat flour, because the first ingredient listed is what the predominant ingredient is in that product. So that's probably the easiest way that I tell people like flip it over, look at the ingredients and read for that whole grain. Um, beyond, I mean, and then, yeah, we could argue that, oh, even if whole grain is listed in the very first ingredient, the second ingredient could then be like enriched wheat flour or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it might be just like 51% is whole grain and then 50 some odd percent, you know? So, um, Yes, that's true. It could still be like a 50, 50 mixture, but it, it actually, um, is a reasonable practice when you're looking at particularly breads and tortillas and crackers and, and that kind of thing. So 100% whole grain says that the bread's flour is made from the entire grain and that, um, only having the, you know, the white grain in there, um, is, is not as predominant as the, and 100% means that like it's, it's made with whole grain flour. There isn't that white refined flour in there. And then the other whole grain, as we said, like it could be front of the package, like made with whole grains. That just means it has some little bit of whole grain in there. You don't Mm -hmm. know how much made with, I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's some in there. 
I mean, it's like peanut butter cookies love. are made with are made with peanut butter too, but they have a lot of other things going on in there by weight. So, um, so yeah, um, just just pay attention to that multigrain. This is another one that I see all the time. Multigrain bread, multigrain crackers, whatever. Flip Which the assumption the there for most people is multigrain healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those sayings that we just have this sort of like halo around of, oh, multigrain, yeah. good. But yeah. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. it's bad, but it's just this assumption based on title alone and not yep. understanding what's actually in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it could mean, um, okay, it's made with more than one type of grain, but you mm-hmm. don't know how many grains you don't know if they're refined grains because any grain can really be refined. It can have that, that, um, bran and endosperm or that bran and germ layer removed. Mm-hmm. So you just have the endosperm left any just grains the chocolate. really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. basic bitch. So, and then you see these like 21 whole grains and seeds, you know, I see this a lot with, uh, like Dave's killer bread, which Mm -hmm. actually is a very reliable bread to have a whole grain product. They do a very good job of their first ingredient is whole grains, but man, you look next to those products and there's all these grains and seeds and multigrain and whatever products it's, it's not the same. You got to look at the ingredients. So get used to flipping it over and reading the ingredients. Yeah. So those are the, those are the breads that look like birdseed. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think it's stuck in your teeth. Just like sprinkle birdseed on top. <laughs> you know, what's funny is millet. It's a whole sunflower with the shell and everything. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds like a Saturday night live skit where they're like put birdseed in a bread or something. <laughs> um, okay. I was going to say millet, millet is yes. a type of grain and I remember learning about it in college because we had to do some kind of a, um, a grain research project where we investigated this grain, not wheat or rice or oats or mainstream. Like we had to find like amaranth or, you know, buckwheat or something that's just those mainstream grains. Yeah. And I chose millet and I read about millet and I remember seeing it, you know, I went to Winco, we have the big bulk bins where you can just get Mm -hmm. anything. And I got this bulk of millet. And I remember being like, this is the stuff that's in bird seed. And sure enough, it's, I mean, that is how it's described. It's a very common grain found in bird seed, but it is really inexpensive. It's super easy to cook. It has a very mild flavor. I made chili with it. So you can, and I've done that hmm. before where I just put like a, a cup of millet in with super chili and it just kind of adds this nice thicker. It's almost like couscous in the way it, it cooks. I think, except okay. if it's in like a liquid, you know, like a soup or a chili, it'll be so very, upset. um, yeah, it'll, it'll just kind of add this thickness and this different texture to it. So almost kind of like a noodle or something. Like a little, like that kind of consistency, but a tiny little pearl, you know, it's yeah. like a tiny little round noodle. Right. So yeah, I guess so. But that kind of softness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like hmm, a porridge, it kind of turns, like adds this kind of porridge sort of, you know, thickness to it. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice and it's kind of fun to, I think one of the cool things about learning about whole grains is investigating all these different grains that are out there. And I mean, right. literally go, if your grocery store has bulk bins, go to the bulk bins and just start getting a cup at a time and then take it home and cook it and find a recipe. I mean, there are recipes like galore on 
the internet that you can yeah, find yeah. for whole grains, you know? So, yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, I'm just looking at a list of whole grains here and there's a bunch of these I've never, ever tried like millet, like wheat berry, bulgur, mm. buckwheat, barley, sorghum. Like I've never cooked with any of those ever. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. So there's, there's definitely some places to explore. Have you ever, have you ever cooked with sorghum? I have not used sorghum. No, that's one of them that I have not, but I have used barley. I've used wheat berry, obviously millet. I've used amaranth, um, farro. Like, well, now I'm trying to remember if I have, mm. I think I used it in a soup once. This is a type of wheat. Is it? So I don't even know. Yeah. It's just on the I mean, list on the internet. <laughs> so one of the cool things I'm going to share, I'm going to share a, a tip that my friend Brenda, who is a chef and a dietitian, shared with me is she cooks whole grains in the oven and she would just take a one to two ratio of grain to, to liquid. So it would be like a one cup of, you know, bulgur or whatever, mm-hmm. put it in like a casserole, a glass casserole with a lid. Um, put it in the casserole dish and then put like two cups of liquid. Now, if you want flavor with your whole grains, you might use like a vegetable stock or a chicken stock, or, you know, throw Mm -hmm. a couple bay leaves and some spices in there, whatever you want, but two cups of liquid, cover it, stick it in the oven. Um, I think she cooked it. Oh gosh. Now I'm going to get the temperature wrong. I will, I'll double check with her, but I'm pretty sure she cooks it at like 400 and just lets it, lets it cook until she starts smelling it. She just mm. goes about her business in the house and doesn't set a timer. When she starts smelling that nutty kind of whole grain flavor and things smell like cooked and it starts mm. getting very aromatic, she'll go check on it. And if most of the liquid is absorbed, it's cooked. Fluff nice. it up. It's a side dish. So it's very fluff easy. It up. Mm-hmm. Fluff it up. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta fluff it up. I don't think you know what you're saying right now. I think I do. I think I'm very aware. God. I just like the idea of a recipe having one of the instructions being fluff it up. Oh my God. All whole grains say that. They say fluff with a fork. Haven't you seen that? Right. Rice yes, but, and... but fluff it up is. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I will. Okay, everybody. I will double check that with Brenda and make sure that I gave you the right temperature for the oven, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's very like straightforward, you know, nice round number like that. So, um, what else with labeling? The only other thing I will say is that we hear, sometimes we hear talk about getting a certain number of servings of -hmm. whole grains. And to me, that's incredibly confusing y'all. I don't count my servings of whole grains. I don't count the grams of whole grains in a product that I eat. I don't know any dietitian that truly does. I mean, I've talked with dietitians that are really like into the nitty gritty, like dietary analysis stuff. And they're even like, oh no, we just look at fiber and look at the source as a whole grain. So I wouldn't get too caught up in the whole, yeah, is this many grams, whole grains? <laughs> like, because I'm, I'm sure there are lots of influencers or whatever that will tell you to do this and, you know, count every little thing, every gram of sugar and gram of whole grain and your macronutrient split to specific, like there's so much that people will tell you need to do that. You just don't even need to ever, ever not once worry about. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. 
don't worry about it. Don't. It's yeah. Don't worry it, about it. Nobody cares, including your body. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> we do not need to count grams of whole grains. <laughs> don't. And I will talk a little more about how to incorporate whole grains and enjoy this and make this, you know, enjoyable for you. But that is a big piece is let's make this livable and sustainable and doable so that you're not, you do not have to like sit down with a calculator and like a pen and paper and write this out and sort out how many grams of whatever you're eating. So we'll, I mean, honestly, the, the number one thing you can do is just know what's in the grain products you're buying. Look at the packaging, read the ingredients list and go from there. So you want to share why whole grains are important? Why do we talk about this? You know what? I do. I do want to share that. I'm going to do that now. Okay. So, uh, I've got, this is from healthline.com. Okay. Nine, nine benefits of eating whole grains. So first one, and I think this is probably the most important is just, they're very high in nutrients and fiber. Like they're, they're, they're kind of like nutritional powerhouses. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, they've, they've, they've gotten demonized because they're in, under that carb umbrella. They've gotten demonized because of like gluten. Right. And jeez, oh, but, yeah, but I mean, honestly, like they've got fiber, they got vitamins, they got minerals, they got great protein, antioxidants, plant compounds. Like there's so many benefits just, uh, just from a nutrient profile standpoint Mm -hmm. to eating whole grains. They're fantastic for you. Um, and you know, we, we consider them a carb, but they have for being a carb heavy food, they're, they're really protein dense. Most of them, you can get a really decent amount of protein from, from whole grains, you know, from, Mm -hmm. from oatmeal, from, you know, rice, these things, there's, man, there's a pretty good amount of protein for them not being a protein. Mm -hmm. Um, so very strong nutrient profile, right? I would um, say just to clarify that about five grams is a ballpark figure that you'll get from one serving of whole grains, which would be like a half cup of cooked mm-hmm. grains or something like that around five grams, give or take, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a decent start. If you're trying it's to decent. get to 20 grams in a, in a meal, you're a quarter of the way there easily just with a yeah. one half cup serving. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's often a a protein source we don't consider, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like people would maybe tend to have like eggs with that or something. Mm -hmm. You have a couple eggs with oatmeal Shoot, now our, our proteins looking pretty dang good for breakfast, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, a bunch of studies out there to say that it helps lower, uh, your risk of heart disease, uh, cause it can help control cholesterol, keep that regulated, um, lower your risk of stroke, which again, heart health piece, um, lower risk of obesity and type two diabetes. All these things have to do with heart and vascular health, um, cholesterol health. Um, they can support healthy digestion because there's a, a, I'm going to use a very official term here. There's a buttload, a buttload of fiber, of fiber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very appropriate. Yeah. I didn't realize too. that before I yeah, said it. Good job. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was like two jokes there. Buttload of uh, fiber. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, cause fiber helps you poop. So <laughs> a whole buttload of it, buttload of other stuff if you want fiber, <laughs> but, um, most of us are not getting too much fiber in our diets. So mm-hmm. a little bit more of that could be, uh, pretty helpful, uh, reduce the risk of con- chronic inflammation, mm-hmm. uh, may reduce your risk of cancer and then, um, a reduced risk of premature death. So in short, like 
there's a real good association with a healthy amount of whole grains and just being a healthier person. Now, I think that's probably twofold. I think that one, absolutely whole grains have this wonderful nutrient profile that are just good for us. And there's absolutely a large part of it is that I do think too, people who tend to eat more whole grains probably tend to eat more fruits, more vegetables, mm -hmm. less highly processed stuff. So there's this other element too, that kind of gets roped in there, but, um, yeah, I mean, eating whole grains is a real good idea for, for just being a healthier person. Um, that yeah. nutrient profile, the way it helps, you know, you control heart health and vascular health and cholesterol, all that kind of stuff. Um, really, really important, uh, to, to include if you can not appropriate for everyone, you know, I mean, there's things like, you know, if you have celiac and stuff, you need to be careful with some things, um, mm -hmm. right. Or irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome, people can be kind of set off by stuff, but for most people, it's right. a real good idea to have and, a real good amount of these. And also like anybody who's, um, status post bariatric surgery, you know, maybe having mm -hmm. a bulky high carb kind of, um, component to their diet is, you know, you have to, you have to adjust these things based on you and your health considerations sure. and, and what you tolerate, yeah. but everything Michael just said is, I think it just paints enough of a picture. And this isn't, I mean, we kind of rattle it off like, oh, there's all these health benefits. This is very well established in the literature. So when we hear things yeah. like, oh, greens are inflammatory or your body can't digest the saponins on quinoa or whatever. So some of the things we hear about whole grains being, um, counterproductive to our health or undigestible or any of these things, usually it's, if the grain isn't cooked or sprouted or somehow, you know, made into a digestible form. Like if you were right. just to go grab a handful of like wheat out of, and I did this as a kid, we used to make wheat gum. Did you know you can chew wheat into gum because it has that gluten in it. That's very like, um, did it's kind of crazy. <clears throat> so for you listeners that don't know this, I grew up on a farm and we farmed barley and we chew and wheat canola and peas and lentils and all this stuff. Okay. So we would grab a handful of wheat and we just throw it in our mouths and chew it up. And you'd have to like chew and chew and chew. You really have to work on it. But over time it would turn into this really soft, pliable mm. gum and you could just chew it like gum it has a very different texture than gum. And of course it's, you get the fiber layer, the brand layer. I'm not recommending this to anybody, but not if you were like to, bubble yum, huh? <laughs> yeah, but if you were to chew up just whole grains willy nilly and not be like cooking them or somehow preparing them for your body to digest and use those nutrients, we would, we would not reap all of these health benefits. So I say all that just to help people understand that sometimes when you hear these scary things about food. Don't eat this food because this was found or, you know, the whole, who's the guy that how not to die is his book and, um, Gregor. And then there's another one. The plant paradox is another one. And there are some things about grains and, you know, plant foods that they say in, in those kinds of books and podcasts and their write-ups just be, be very scrutinizing as to what you believe with these things, because, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of health benefits to whole grains. So I just want yeah, to say that. And yeah, because let's see, how do I want to say this? So I, I mean, 
anytime like someone's giving like any kind of recommendation nutritionally or anything like that, it's general, right? <clears throat> and a lot of times I think what you'll see from, from people who make these sort of like inflammatory claims or whatever, it's like, sh sure, those may be true for a specific group of people, a specific population. I'm allergic to shellfish personally, right? So for me, if I eat shrimp, it's a bad situation. It would be mm -hmm. really dumb of me to say that shrimp is a bad idea, right? Because for everyone, because, yeah. Right, yeah, because I have a, a negative reaction to it. So mm -hmm. sure, like there are some people who may not tolerate whole grains as well. That, that's, that's a thing. That doesn't mean we get to say this is the case for everyone. And mm -hmm. I think that's what happens a lot with these sort of like, um, just kind of wild, uh, broad stroke, like yeah. recommendations yeah. or whatever is that like, okay, there may be, and we've talked about this before, right? Like there's maybe some truth to that for a specific population or some truth in some very certain circumstances. That doesn't mean that's just what it is across the board. And I think yeah. that's what we see a lot with like whole grains and with gluten, you know, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. There are some people who don't tolerate gluten well, and they need to not mm -hmm eat gluten. Absolutely. That doesn't mean everyone needs to avoid gluten. Like we got mm -hmm. beat over the head with, you know, six or eight years ago. Yeah. And, and let's just because you, you mentioned, um, you know, people with celiac or, or gluten sensitivity need to watch their whole grain consumption and just make sure that they are steering clear of those things that are inflammatory. Um, I do want to point out that a lot of people say that, um, let's see, where was it? Oh, the, that there's this, um, our wheat today is completely different from the wheat of a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago. And I found a couple articles. I mean, I've read this science before, but I found a couple articles that actually examined the, and I'll put them in the show notes that examined the nutrient composition of today's wheat and compares it to the wheat of your, and the nutrient composition is very, very similar. The amount of protein, the amount of gluten, the amount of carbohydrate fiber, all of that stuff. Yeah. Now I do want to just touch real quick on like hybridized versions of wheat. Whenever you hear that word, you know, a hybrid people sometimes get freaked out like the GMO debate and all, you know, they like ugh, their hackles get up and I don't want the chemicals in my food. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, food is just made up of all kinds of chemicals, but I digress. Yeah. So hybrid forms of whole grains are developed so that we have a sustainable crop whole grains and particularly wheat is the staple food for 35% of the world's population. That's huge. That's huge. If yeah, we didn't so have whole third. grains. Yeah. And I mean, this is the worldwide population. So yes, I know we're talking about different countries with different cultures, different agricultural practices and different accessibility to the food supply, mm -hmm. but just keep in mind when we have these conversations, a lot of people are looking in their very small world of being able to go to whole foods four or five days a week and getting fresh ingredients of any kind they want. And they get to pick from like five different versions of the organic non-GMO, whatever Michael's rolling his eyes at me. Just remember that when we hear these kinds of things, there's a lot of privilege and, um, very minute, 
you know, scientific globalization that goes into this. And so anyway, just going back to whole grains, it's whole wheat, especially is very critical to our worldwide food supply. It is safe to eat. It is not completely deviated from whole wheat of, you know, hundreds of years ago, it doesn't have all this new stuff in it, but it might have some kind of evolutionary hybridization thing going on so that we can grow as much of it as we can in today's current, you know, climate and today's current landscape and for the world population. Yeah. I know it's funny. It's like, you know, if, if like through scientific methods, we can make like a crop, like more drought resistant, like this is, this is a good thing because we are <laughs> literally experiencing more like, and more drought. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a, this is a good thing. This doesn't mean now it's some like monster food that you need to enjoy or avoid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just going to be a whole thing. I don't want to get off topic, but it's like, we eat like genetically modified foods all the time that we don't even know. They've about. been and around for, yeah, for our whole lives, like long before yeah. we were ever born they were Mm -hmm. there, you know, like this, it just happens. Yeah. (laughs) It happens unintentionally and intentionally. (laughs) I probably should clarify that like a hybridized form of wheat would be like taking two different, you know, specific breeds and putting them together. Whereas GMO is more like they actually go in and change the genetic code of this specific organism. And I'm speaking, I am not a, you know, plant geneticist or anything like that or food scientist. And so there's probably a lot more valid information than what, you know, that very Mm -hmm. basic, um, understanding that I just shared, but just know that when you hear those those buzzwords and the terms and those debates over, I don't want my food supply being messed with. I don't. Okay. I, I will concede (laughs) that. Yeah, I know it's been done for a long time. I will totally concede that there are things that we are learning to do with food technologies that I think we should proceed with caution on some things just because you can, doesn't mean you should from a sustainability standpoint, from, you know, permanently altering our food supply and, and some of our agriculture, I think that's a valid discussion to be having. And I think that everybody should be aware of kind of how their, where their food comes from, how it grows and develops. Mm-hmm. I also think that there is a ton of fear mongering in that industry. And mm-hmm. just, you know, I would like to know how many people actually grow their own gardens and know how to harvest their own wheat and know how to, you know, grow and milk their own cows and produce their own food. Like, I mean, really, when we have these discussions, let's be very practical about this and let's look at it on a global scale as well and, yeah. and really understand where some of these, you know, arguments come into play and if they're valid or not. Right. So. I, and my suspicion is that the fear mongering is probably more dangerous than the genetic modification. Than, than eating brown be. rice in your yeah. stir fry. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally just a just a hunch so what are your what are some of your favorite whole grains so oh oatmeal is probably the number one and i do want to share you know people people get like oh it's got to be steel cut oats so if you look at i didn't realize until i mean much later in life that steel cut oats actually look like I mean, an oat looks a lot like a kernel of wheat or a kernel, of, mm. you know, like a typical grain kernel. I always mm. thought it was that flat flake kind yeah. of thing going on. So, um, steel cut oats would be like the, the 
oat kernel has been cut, you know, very mm-hmm. coarsely. It's still in this very gritty, um, texture. It's, it's in a form that needs a lot more, um, time to absorb the, the liquid and the cooking time is higher nutritionally. Sure. It will probably have a little bit higher fiber and it'll, um, it just has a lot more like staying power. So steel cutouts will probably keep you fuller longer. And then there's rolled oats where they flatten the grain out and then you get that flake that you see. And then there's the quick cooking oats where they actually like cut up that flat rolled oat. And so we get this kind of, you know, it's a little more refined, Mm -hmm. but you still get the whole grain. Now the, with oatmeal in particular, and I know I digress because you were asking my favorite kinds. I'll get back to that, That's but right. I just had to share this thing about oats. With, You're pulling with on oatmeal, me. The oatmeal, <laughs> I know it's a role reversal. With oatmeal in particular, um, you'll still get great nutritional benefit, even from quick cooking oats. They still have soluble fiber, which is the kind that's really good for cholesterol. And honestly, if this helps you eat a grain product and put some maybe nuts and seeds and fruit in there and have something that is sustainable and and is easy for you to make for breakfast versus grabbing, you know, maybe a quote whole grain breakfast cookie Mm. or going through the drive-through or skipping breakfast altogether. I would say go for that, you know, quick cooking oats and make something like that. So anyway, so oatmeal is probably my number one. I do love, um, just like the whole grain dishes that have, you know, farro, brown rice, quinoa, anything like that in them that are made into salads and different things. Um, I love that kind of nutty texture, that chewiness that you get from whole grains. So, yeah. What about you? Do you have a what favorite? What about me? What about me? Huh? About um, so yeah, I like oatmeal a lot. Um, I like, I think popcorn is a great option. And then often, oh, man, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's one of those, like when people are, if I'm working with somebody and they're like, yeah, I, I like, I'm craving snacks in the evening that I'm like, get some popcorn because mm-hmm. one it's super low calorie, you know, mm-hmm. it's got some really good health benefits and it really satisfies that crunchy, salty craving it's a mm-hmm. fantastic option for, for those times, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's one of my go-tos for people is pop some popcorn, yep. you know, maybe do a Great little bit of butter too. on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of salt and you don't need chips because you've got this awesome thing, you know, that tastes mm-hmm. amazing and satisfies kind of all that, all that savory, salty, crunchy desire. Um, so I like that a lot. Oatmeal a lot. Um, brown rice. It, it's okay. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not crazy about brown rice. I'll eat it, but yeah, but oatmeal is by far my favorite. I like quinoa too. Um, we just made last week, uh, like a, what was it? Sweet potato, black bean, quinoa dish, you know, oh, yeah. it had red peppers and I don't know, I had like a sauce that was like lime juice and olive oil. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. Cilantro. And yeah, it was really good in that. I think quinoa goes great in like salads or, um, even like, you know, soups or stews, it can fill a nice role mm-hmm. in there. Kind of like you're talking about, that's a little, it's almost like a little noodle kind of addition. Um, and it, yeah, but I like that in, in like soups and stews and those you are know, my favorites. Quinoa is, it's one of those things. Remember we talked about tomatoes back in our veggie episode. Tomatoes yeah, I saw are this technically, in your notes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. So 
So tomatoes are botanically a fruit, but nutritionally they fall in line with vegetables. Mm -hmm. So that's why we classify them as vegetables. We talked about that in our veggie episode. I don't know, eons ago. Quinoa is actually a seed, but we classify it as a grain because the fiber profile, the amount of protein, the amount of, you know, fat, starch, Mm -hmm. all this stuff actually aligns nutritionally with a grain. So that's why quinoa is considered a whole grain. And I, I love the little, um, the whole on quinoa. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting too. Once you, once you cook it, the whole pops open, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't really soften the same way that you get like, you know, whole Right. whole wheat or, or brown rice softens on the outside. It still has that almost crunchy, like mm-hmm. pop to it. And then the germ is like a little tail on the grain that unfolds as you cook it. And so you get these little curly Q looking things mm-hmm. in the quinoa. Yeah. It's really fun. And I agree with you. It's totally versatile. You can add it to just about anything. Yeah, very, yeah. There are times that I'll just like cook quinoa and keep it in the fridge and I'll just scoop it on salads. I'll put it in wraps. I'll, you know, have it as a side dish to something else. Um, lots of different ways to use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's real versatile. I have a a story too. You mentioned brown rice. Mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of refugees when I worked for WIC for 11 years and WIC offers whole grain options. Okay. So whole wheat bread, whole grain tortillas, corn tortillas, brown rice, whole grain cereals. Okay. And we would have these clients that would come from Africa or Asia or, you know, these different areas of the world where all they knew was white rice. Mm -hmm. And that was such a huge staple in their diet that they come here and they're like, well, what is this, this brown Mm -hmm. rice stuff? And they try it with their traditional cooking And they're like, forget this. (laughs) It does not taste the same. I don't like it. So we started kind of investigating this and realizing that we had a lot of our refugee population that was coming back and saying they don't use the whole grain part of their benefits. So we're trying to troubleshoot, like, how do we, how do we, you know, approach this a little differently? And one of my solutions was, well, what if just going with the notion that it needs to be enjoyable and sustainable? for people, right? Everything with nutrition needs to be. What if we introduced some completely new recipes and methods of using this product instead of trying to change your traditional, you know, cultural cooking that you've grown up with, that your grandmother passed down to you, whatever. And so I would go and hold these little food demos and I would make like this barley salad that had like this citrus vinaigrette dressing. And I'd show them how to Mm -hmm. chop up the vegetables and put it all together. And they really liked it. Um, Or this is how you make a quesadilla, which many of them had never had a quesadilla, but you use a corn tortilla or a whole wheat tortilla. Mm -hmm. They really liked it. So if you, if you kind of just introduce a completely new recipe, and I'm hoping that our listeners will get something out of this too. For example, if you have tried whole wheat pasta and you're like, no, no way. It ain't doing it for me. I got to have the real pasta. It has a different texture and flavor and all this stuff. Cool. Don't go with whole wheat pasta, have oatmeal or, or whole grain bread Mm -hmm. or something popcorn or some other form of whole grain that, you know, you 
you enjoy and that you can incorporate or try a completely new recipe that happens to utilize a whole grain pasta. And so you're not trying to convince yourself that I really like this whole grain product when it actually is making me wish that I was having something else. (laughs) That cauliflower crust pizza. (laughs) No, I really like this. Did you see his crying because they're so sad about their pizza? Did you see Dr. Nadolsky's post yesterday on cauliflower pizza? Oh, I saw, yes. Someone made a comment. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. What was it? Something Um, about, he was just being like a wise ass about like cauliflower pizza and right. And it it not being as good. Right. Yep. I'm going to pull it up and show you. So he, he posted this meme that said how to make cauliflower pizza. One, chop up head of cauliflower into small pieces. Two, steam the cauliflower. Three, throw it away and order a real pizza. <laughs> someone, someone posted a comment that you just don't know how to cook. Try it again. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, this is this was a, a joke, really, yeah. but you're also being kind of petty with how- yeah. Anyway, he said something like, you don't have a sense of humor. Try again or something like that. Yeah. It's, he said, it's actually because you don't have a sense of humor. Try again. (laughs) Oh, cause she said it's because you don't know how to cook all depends on the passion and talent you put into it. Try again. Yeah. And he was like, wait a minute, you're missing the point. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's people with people get so dogmatic about nutrition and like, no, I like it. So you have to, too. And Mm -hmm. you can't make a joke about it because now this is my whole identity. And I take this personally. It's like, good Lord, chill. Yeah. Yeah. Out. So if y'all like replacing grains with cauliflower or whatever your, you know, almond flour or these other things, knock yourselves out. I don't, I have nothing against, you know, trying new recipes and giving them a shot. In fact, I, I need to try cauliflower crust because I have some clients that are eating it and I'm like, I need to know what Mm -hmm. this tastes like and how to, you know, okay. I need to investigate this at the same time. Like, can we just stop being, like you said, so dogmatic about like, well, this is the only way to do it. And all grains are bad. And we Mm. need to always find these alternatives and convince ourselves that it's good and that we like it when actually you don't know how many clients I've talked to that have eliminated or pushed out grain products. And they're like, man, but I just really, I really miss, you know, real pizza. I really miss real pasta. I know I quote, shouldn't be eating these things, but I really miss having like a real cookie, you know, those kinds of things, unless you have like an allergy or a, a true reason to avoid those ingredients. I say, have them give yourself full permission to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And knowing what we know about whole grains now, because Michael and I just shared all this information with you. Cause we just told you this we're so smart, find ways that you can incorporate whole grains into your day. You know, like I said, maybe white rice is your jam and you can't get behind mm-hmm. brown rice at all, but maybe having whole grain bread is okay. Or maybe cooking with quinoa is a nice side dish for you. You know, see how you can make it fit for you. Yeah. Yep. And I would just say to, to that whole thing about like, you know, you don't have to eat those, you know, cauliflower crust and that kind of stuff, unless you like it is that being healthy shouldn't make you sad. Oh, geez, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're sad about your food in the name of health, I don't think we're doing it right. Like you don't have to eat stuff you hate. And it just is Mm -hmm. like, I wish it was this. 
it's yeah being healthy shouldn't make you sad yep yeah. good so, point fluff it up fluff it up oh my gosh fluff it up do you still not understand the connotation no, I do. there I, okay I okay i'm just do. checking you're really playing I, it up and saying you're really I'm fluffing up that, that what I'm saying. <laughs> phrase I, I think that's going to go on a coffee cup for us when once we ever get merch fluff it up oh, lord how many coffee cups? I think we have t- like 10 coffee cups. Somebody, hey, if you want to go back and listen to all of the middle-ish episodes, this is episode 70, I think, 71. This is 70, I think. If you want to go back and listen to all of them and mm-hmm. make a list of all of the merch ideas that we've had over the last year and a half, and then tell us, we'll get on this. Or we can just scrap them all and just do fluff it up middle yeah. okay yeah. coffee cups t-shirts underwear mm. fluff it up boy well anything else on about that whole note grains? yeah oh about whole grains no okay. i have nothing more about whole grains do you have any other dirty jokes you need to make get it out of your system before you and go i need to encounter make no, a client that i want to yeah yes <laughs> you have a like lot. a whole library of them in your brain. Sure. I, yeah. We could just do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your meaning in the mundane this My week? My meaning in the mundane is putting Sophie to bed like three or four nights ago. And she asked me, usually, you know, we read a couple of stories, but every once in a while she'll say, daddy, tell, read me a story with your mouth, which means tell me a story. That's how she says it. Read me a oh, story funny. with your mouth. Yeah. So tell me a story. And she wanted the three bears and, uh, she goes, tell me the one about the, there's some bears and a girl. I don't remember her name. I was like, Goldilocks and the three bears. She's like, yeah, that one. So I told her, she corrected me a lot throughout it, which was real fun. Like, you know, like uh, when they get to the chairs and she's like, and what color was the daddy's bear's chair? Oh, geez. And I was like, uh, blue. She's like, nope, it was red. I go, okay, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, that was really fun. But then after I told her, that story. She told me a story. She told me a story about Goldilocks and the seven poops. And it was, are you kidding me? Nope. It was the same kind of story, but it was just her own. And it was, I mean, you, you know, enough about Sophie to know that she's like, just, (laughs) she's unreal, right? Like this kid, I'm sure animated and there's probably lots of detail going on. Oh yeah. And just like, she's so enthusiastic and so expressive and yeah, it was, I don't know, maybe six or seven minutes of this story. And it was, it was so freaking fun. Like I was just laughing my ass off, like and laying in bed with her as she told me the story. So oh that my was gosh. my, yeah. Sophie telling me a, a bedtime story. I love story. it. And I thought, man, I love know, it. That would make a good little like mini podcast. It's just bedtime stories with Sophie. And she just with Sophie <laughs> tells these stories. She just goes into a random. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. Oh it's, man, it was really locks in the seven poops. Next time she goes into telling you a story, just put your phone on record. I need to and just capture that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that would be yeah. hilarious. It was super fun. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, how about you? Uh, mine was this last weekend, we had a marathon here in Boise and Mm -hmm. I had a client who was running it. And then, I mean, surprise, several friends that I didn't know were running it. And I realized that the course went just near my house, which it actually did 
the place we lived before it went right by that too. But it just seemed like I always had something going on. You know, I was always had a race I was training for. I always had something else to do. I couldn't go cheer for the marathon. And this year I was in the last year, they didn't have it of course, because of COVID. And this year I was like, I'm going to go cheer on, you know, my client and I'll probably see some other friends down there racing. And I just had the best time. I got up and had my coffee, rode my bike down to like, I mean, less than a mile to, you know, the little path where people are going to be running by. And I saw several people I didn't know were running who were just totally friends of mine that were like lit up Mm -hmm. when they see me out there. And I mean, I cheer like (laughs) I have gotten so many cheers over my career racing, you know, from complete strangers all over the world that I've got a lot bottled up and ready, ready to launch (laughs) for people. So I just had the best time. And then I rode back to my house, had breakfast, went back down because they actually came by that leg of the race twice for the marathon. So I got to see them at like mile nine and then mile 25, which is like, you know, you're cutting Mm -hmm. it out the very last because the marathon's 26.2. So it was just really fun. And I, I still am kind of, I think about that and I just feel like very filled up and, you know, excited to kind of give back in that way. Um, it's a very small thing, but I, I had people thanking me for being out. Thank you for being out here. Think one guy was like, thank you for volunteering. I'm like, I am not volunteering. (laughs) I'm just out here to cheer because I'm a nerd. We need volunteer cheerers. (laughs) Right. I will be out here. I left my cowbell at home though, because it's like in this residential area with all these houses and like 7am, I didn't know if I should be ringing my cowbell. So that was mine. Nice. That's awesome. How fun. Yeah. Thanks. Yay. Good stuff. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah. For our little discussion on whole grains and why they're awesome and why you should eat them unless you can't, but if you can, you and, should. Yes. And we'll put some recipes and the links to the things we talked about in the show notes and yeah. share it with someone. I hear from yep. a lot of you who are healthcare providers and you're into nutrition, but you don't have like a nutrition expert at your disposal. And so you rely on our podcast and the things we talk about to share with your clients. Here is a mm-hmm. good one. Absolutely. Yep. And we appreciate any, any sharing, any uh, support that, that you can send our way. We, we really appreciate it. Yep. All right. Thank you. And we'll kind of see you next week. Yeah. You'll hear remember. us next week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Remember, fluff it up. Oh, God. Bye. Bye.